you see your life as a vessel to be used by God? Listen to Adrian Rogers. God is at work in your life and in my life. God says, I am the potter. He is the master workman. God wants to make out of you a vessel, someone that he can use. God is the potter, and of course, we are the clay. Talking today on this subject, a life made over. I mean totally, completely made over. Welcome to Love Worth Finding, featuring the timeless teaching of pastor and author Adrian Rogers. Pottery is one of the oldest arts known to man and one of the most poignant metaphors God uses to teach us about our relationship with Him. As a vessel of beauty emerges from an ugly lump of clay, we can experience a life made over in the hands of the good potter. If you have your Bible, turn now to Jeremiah chapter 18, as Adrian Rogers shares more about a life made over. I want you to take God's Word today and turn, if you would please, to the book of Jeremiah chapter 18. We're talking today on this subject, a life made over. Well, how would you like to make your life over? I mean totally, completely make it over. I want you to look here in the book of Jeremiah, beginning in chapter 18 and verse 3, a vision that God gave to Jeremiah. And here's what Jeremiah says, Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in mine hand, O house of Israel. The making of pottery is one of the oldest arts known to men. If I ever go to a place where there are crafts being done, and there is a potter who has that clay in his hands and that potter's wheel, I, I have to stop and watch. You see that potter as he takes that clay and he chops it and crushes it and chops it and crushes it and molds it and squeezes it till it is soft and pliable. And then he has a wheel that is driven by a treadle that was driven with his foot and that wheel is going round and round and he takes that lump of clay and he throws it on the wheel. And then he begins to caress it. He puts his thumbs on the outside and his fingers on the outside, and it goes round and round. It's an amazing thing. We've all seen it. And it is a beautiful thing to watch uh, a vessel of beauty or a vessel of service or both emerge from that ugly clay. Now, there are three ingredients in the making of pottery, others, but three major things that we read about here in this, uh, in this process. There is the potter, there is the clay, and there is the wheel. Uh, first of all, I want you to see what I'm going to call today the potential of a life that responds. You think of yourself as the clay and see what God can do with you. Now look in verse 6, if you will, O house of Israel, Cannot I do with you as this potter, saith the Lord? 
Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in mine hand, O house of Israel. Now, God is the potter. Get that down. God is the potter. He is the master workman. God is at work in your life and in my life. God says, I am the potter. Now, uh, we are His workmanship. God is working on us. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. God wants to make out of you a vessel, something, someone that He can use. God is the potter, and of course, we are the clay. Literally, we're made of the dust of the earth, unclean, unlovely, unable. God is the potter, and we are the clay. Now, there's some people who don't agree that uh, they have to have the potter to do anything for them. They, they think they can mold their own lives, and we've all seen some of those moldy people. Now, <clears throat> the wheel. What is the wheel? God, the potter, we the clay, the wheel that goes round and round. That's the circumstances of life. That's what we call providence. But it is the workman who turns the wheel. Not only does God caress the clay, but He's the one that arranges the circumstances on our life. He is the one that orders every turn of the wheel. Now, many of us think there are incidences in our lives that are meaningless, but not a blade of grass moves without God's permission. And over it all is arched Romans 8, 28, if we love God, for we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, for the ones who are called according to His purpose. I think back on my life. I think of things that might have seemed incidental, but I believe that there is a wheel of life, and all of us look back and we can say, by the grace of God, I am where I am. I am what I am. Now, it may not make sense to you. It doesn't have to make sense to you as long as it makes sense to God. Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9, put it in, in the margin. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, are my ways above your ways and my thoughts above your thoughts. You see, God thinks differently than we think because God sees the big picture. Uh, we, we sometimes would like to tell God how to do uh, uh, something. For example, out there in the, in the wilderness when those uh, fiery serpents were biting the children of Israel, if you remember that story in the Bible, they might have said, God, take away the, ser the serpents. But God didn't take away the serpents. God told Moses to put a, a uh, brazen serpent upon a pole, and everyone that looks at it will be healed. God did not remove the serpents. He brought a solution in the midst of the pollution. Sometimes we say, God, why don't you kill the devil? God doesn't kill the devil. He puts His Son on the cross. You see, God's ways and our ways are not always the same. But you can put it down, friend, that God is the potter, we are the clay, and the wheel of life is run by the foot that will one day bear the nail prints, His foot, and every turn of the wheel is ordered by God or at least allowed by God. Now, I want us to remember this. Now, if you can't understand right now the difficulty that you're in, remember that one day, though you may not understand it now, you will understand that every turn of the wheel has been a part of God's plan. If He does not rule, God overrules. He's going to turn every Calvary to an Easter. 
He's going to turn every midnight to a sunrise. He's going to turn every tear to a pearl and string those and make a diadem for you. God will do that. Now, this is, this is the potential, the potential of a life that responds. What should we do, therefore? We ought to say, Lord, you're the potter. I'm the clay. Mold me. Make me after thy will. That's what Romans chapter 6 says we're to do. We are to yield. What is clay to do in the hand of the potter? It's to yield. May I ask you a question? Are you yielded? Can God caress you? Can God form you? Can God shape you? Can God make out of you what He wants to make out of you? That's the potential of a life that responds. Most of us dare not dream what we could be if we would allow God to have His way in our lives. Three persons are in your seat this morning. There's the person you are now, the person you might be for evil if you turn from God, and the person you can be if you let God have His own way and say, mold me and make me after thy will. While I'm waiting, yielded and still. Now, here's the second thing I want you to notice. Not only the potential of a life that uh, responds, but I want you to see the problem of a life that resists. The problem of a life that resists. Look, if you will, in Jeremiah chapter 18 now and verse 4. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again, another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. Now, here is the vessel on the wheel. The wheel is going round and round. The potter is caressing the vessel, putting his artistic hands on the vessel, but something happens. It, it's marred. It's, it's ruined. It's, it's messed up. There's a problem. Now, I want to ask you a question. Where is the problem? Is the problem in the hand of the potter? Do you think God messed up? God is the potter. The, the, the problem is not in the hands of the potter. The problem is in the clay. Now, what could be the problem in the clay? Well, first of all, there might be some hidden impurity in the clay, uh, some rock, uh, some, something there, some impurity, that uh, some, something hidden that keeps the vessel from becoming what it ought to be. There may be some hidden impurity in your life that is marring what God wants to do. Or it may not be a hidden impurity. It might just be that the clay is not broken enough. The clay is too stiff. The clay does not yield to the hand of the potter. Now, is there, is there in your life right now, listen, any unclean, impure thing that stands in the way of what God wants to do in your life? Is there? Now, don't answer out loud, but answer, is that? Or today, are you truly yielded to the Lord? Have you said, Lord, here I am. Make of me what you wish. Do with me what you will. Have you done that? I mean, have you done that? Now, answer the question. Have you done that? If not, the vessel is going to be marred, and the problem will not be with the potter. The problem is with the clay. Now, there is the potential of a responsive life. There is the problem of a resistant life. Have you yielded? I'm asking you this question. Have you yielded? Now, here's the third thing I want you to see, and that's the promise of a life that repents. 
Now, just because you may have failed, that doesn't mean that God is finished with you. Look, if you will, now in verse 4. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter, so he made it again another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to make it. The vessel now that was marred is remade. You can have a brand new start. There's hope for you. Our God is the God of a second chance. Now, look in Jeremiah chapter 18, verses 6 and 8. All right, 6 through 8. O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in mine hand, O house of Israel. At what instant I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up and to pull down and to destroy it? If that nation against whom I have pronounced turn from their evil, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do unto them. If you will repent of your sin, I will repent of the judgment. That's what God is saying. Now, here's a promise to every one of us today. Your life may be marred. Your life may have been messed up by some hidden sin or some unyieldedness, some stiffness. But God is saying to you, listen, I don't hold grudges. I'm the God of a second chance. God says, if I say to a nation, I'm going to judge that nation, and that nation will repent, then I'll repent of the evil that I'm going to bring upon that nation. We must disabuse ourselves of the idea that it's too late for America. America can come back to God. The same is true of nations. It's true of churches. And churches and nations are made up of individuals. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now listen, this condition holds true for a life Number one, that is still pliable. And number two, that gives him all the pieces. If your life is broken, give him all the pieces, but do it while it's still pliable. And he can make another vessel out of you. Are you willing to do that? Now, if not, we're going to move into the fourth stage and the final stage. I want you to see the peril of a life that rebels. The peril of a life that rebels. Now, you may be here today, and you can say, well, I'm not going to yield to God. Then that clay is going to be hardened. It may be a deformed vessel, but it will be hardened. Look, if you will, now in Jeremiah chapter 19 and verse 1. Thus saith the Lord, Go and get a potter's earthen bottle, that is a vessel, and take of the ancients of the people and the ancients of the priest. That is, you get the... Uh, the leaders, the wise people there. And then verses 10 through 12. Then shalt thou break the bottle in the sight of the men that are with thee, and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Even so will I break this people and this city as one breaketh a potter's vessel. Now watch this. That cannot be made whole again. And then go down to verse 15. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will bring upon this city and upon her towns all the evil that I have pronounced against it, because they hardened their necks that they might not hear my words. Now here, here is the peril of a, of a, of a life that rebels against God. 
And I can talk about hidden impurities. I can talk about stubborn resistance. And you can be broken and say, here I am, Lord. I yield myself to you. I repent. Take me, make me, mold me. Give me a new start. Or you can just say, well, my life, I'm going to live it the way I want to live it. I'm not going to yield. That is your privilege. But if you do that, you're going to be hardened in that position. And the potter, once the clay is hardened, cannot remold it. He cannot make it. God gives a second chance. If you read the Bible, you'll find that the Bible is full of people to whom God gave a second chance. But always, always they were pliable. Sometimes people want to know, have I committed the unpardonable sin? I get letters frequently from people who say, I think I've committed the unpardonable sin. I'm so worried. I always write back and say, if you're concerned about it, you haven't. If you're concerned about it, you haven't. Because God is still dealing with you. A person who has committed the unpardonable sin gets so obdurant, so hardened in the sin that God cannot speak. God cannot mold them anymore. What God is talking about now is a vessel that is hardened in deformity and impurity and stubbornness has turned to hardness and it is to be broken and broken beyond hope. He that being often reproved and hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. When you cross the deadline, when you say, I will not yield to the potter, the clay gets hard and then it's too late. That's the reason I want to beg of you. While the clay is soft, while the clay is pliable, even if you messed up, come to him, he will receive you. And if you want to be saved, you can be saved, but there will come a time when it will be impossible for you to come to the Lord. Let me give you some of the most terrifying scriptures that I know of in the Bible, and then I'll be finished. I just jot these down, or you might want to turn to them. They're all in Romans chapter 1, verse 21. Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Light refused increases darkness. Romans 1, 24. Wherefore God also gave them up. Has God given up on you? Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. He's talking about sexual immorality and perversion. Romans 1, 26. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. Then Romans, 8, uh, Romans 1, verse 28, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. God gave them up, God gave them up, and God gave them over. I want you to think about the Scripture this morning. Think about it. God says, look, I'm the potter. You're the clay. Unable, unlovely, but you're something in my hand. The wheel, the circumstances of life. I want to make something beautiful out of you. Respond to me. I have a plan for your life. 
That's the potential of a life that responds. There's the problem of a life that resists. If there's an unyieldedness or a hidden impurity, you'll mess it up. But there's a promise of a life that repents. Maybe you have messed it up. It is not too late. God made it again. Another vessel. But there's the peril of a life that rebels. When you just say, no, I don't want you, God. I'm going to have my own way. It's my life. I'm going to live it. He that being often reproved and hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed, and there be no remedy. Once that hardened vessel is broken, it's over. The wisest thing you could ever do would be to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior if you have never, ever done so. Say, here I am, Lord Jesus. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. You're the potter. I'm the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will while I'm waiting. Yielded and still. And even if you've done that and then said, Lord, I blew it. He's the God of a second chance. And he'll give you a fresh start. But whatever you do, please, in the name of Jesus, do not harden your heart until the clay sets, the vessel is deformed, fit to be destroyed, and never repaired. As you've listened to Pastor Rogers, maybe today is your day to fully surrender and submit to him. Would you pray something like this from your heart? Oh, God in heaven, I know that I'm a sinner. You're holy. I'm not. And I believe that Jesus bridged the gap. He gave himself. He spilled his blood in my place. He took my punishment and is offering me his righteousness. So today, by faith, I'm reaching out to receive that. Take my sin. Give me the righteousness of Christ. Come in. Take residence in me. Live in me today. I receive your forgiveness, and I ask you to help me walk this out in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed a prayer like that from your heart just now, we would love to hear about it. Would you go to our website and you'll find more insight there about what it means to follow Jesus. There's an opportunity to take the next steps in your walk with God. Go to lwf.org forward slash radio and click the tab that says, Find God's Love. Welcome to His Forever Family. We can't wait to hear from you today. Now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message in its entirety, call us at 1-877-LOVE-GOD. Mention the title, A Life Made Over. You can also order online at lwf.org radio or write us at Love Worth Finding, Box 38600, Memphis, Tennessee, 38183. Do you trust God to mold you into a useful vessel? A life made over begins with repentance and yielding to His conviction in your life. 
We're so glad you joined us for this study in God's Word. Tune in next time for more from Adrian Rogers, right here on Love Worth Finding. A donor to this ministry reached out recently and with the gift said this, thank you for these devotional messages. They are very uplifting and allow me to mature in the Word of God. Pastor Rogers communicates simply and with profound firmness. Blessings. You know, at Love Worth Finding, our mission is, first of all, to draw people to Jesus and then to help believers grow in their faith. And to thank you for your gift of support right now, we would love to send you our Marriage and Family Booklet Collection. This bundle of five booklets features popular studies such as the music of marriage, how to raise godly children, and more. Request this resource when you call with a gift today at 1-877-LOVE-GOD or give online at lwf.org forward slash radio. And thanks for your generous support of love worth finding.